Welcome to another episode of Crosstalk. So excited and uh, grateful that you have joined us uh, today, wherever you are getting this, uh, whether you're watching or listening over podcast. Thank you for being involved and engaged uh, with this audience. Uh, you will know last week we started uh, our new series of of uh, Dear Church, where we've been looking at the seven churches uh, of Revelation. And last week we talked about what is the church. Uh, today we're going to actually dive into uh, the scripture uh, with that. But before we do that, let me uh, introduce the guest that we have today. Very excited about having this guest back on. This is the second time in the last four months, I think. Uh, my wife, Amanda. I was Hi. cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Affordable. 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 You're never Affordable. Cheap. Yeah. Affordable. <laughs> Hello, everyone. So how are you today? Good. It's been a really blessed day. Um, I'm excited to dive into this book study um, with you today. Um, yeah, I think I've definitely, after studying the book of the, the, the Church of Ephesus, I definitely think that um, I changed my mind about which letter to the church is probably where we're sitting at as a generation now, uh, right. which is a lot because I've always stuck with one. And now well, I'm seeing this one and I'm like, oh, no, no, this is probably the most dangerous right here. So you're giving away the ending already. Let's let's mm. hold on. Let's pull that back for a minute. Uh, <laughs> We're just giving you a sneak peek. That's right. See, you, you've, sneak you've peek. done this. You are so good at this. So you got to give a trailer, right? Like exactly you got to have right. a trailer. Mm. And this part, because we have a TikTok, if, you, if you're not a part of that, go check that out. This part will be on that. So go check that out. Uh, Long time ago. <laughs> it's funny saying the words TikTok and having as much gray in my beard as I have makes me feel very, very old. No, no we're millennials. We're still good. We are. <laughs> we're still yeah. relevant. Right we're, in there. we're in there. Yeah. Um, tell us about you. Oh, I don't know why you start this anytime I get on because then it's the awkwardness of I, I'm Amanda and I am the uh, area commander's well here in Augusta. And a lot of my focus in ministries on youth ministries, as well as women's ministries and really anywhere else that the Lord leads throughout the week. Um, it just depends on the day and um, what the Lord is leading me to. So, yeah, very blessed to be here where I'm at. And, and one of the things about you, too, uh, is you're an amazing mom. So you want to talk about what, what we do when we're not here? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, right now, yeah, yeah, no. So right now we have uh, one in college, um, oh. which is pretty cool. Just finished first semester uh, on the honor roll. So that's pretty awesome. We have a, another kiddo senior in high school, um, dual enrollment over at Augusta Tech. And then um, she just got another job, which is pretty cool. She's super excited about that. So add that to your prayers if you pray. Um, that would be great. And our son is full force in basketball right now, pretty much eat, breathe, sleep. So I'm pretty sure if he could sleep with this basketball, he probably would. And our youngest is our um, dramatic one who just got a speaking role in a local production. So they kind of keep us busy. So between church and, and running and doing, um, we eat and sleep at home. And that's pretty much it. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we, yeah, no, God is we are good. very blessed. Yeah. Uh, we, we, are. we got amazing kids. Um, 
And uh, yeah, Amanda's an amazing uh, mom. Blessed to get to do the parenting thing with her. But that's not why you're here. So let's jump right into uh, yeah. Ephesus then, yeah? Yeah, that's great. So, so we're looking in Revelation chapter 2. And for those of you who have your Bibles, chapter 2, starting with the first verse. Uh, and we're just going to kind of take this in chunks and kind of talk about it. We talk about the city, all that kind of stuff. So Revelations 2, 1 starts with, To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them yeah. false. So let, let's let's talk about that a little bit. When he talks about your deeds, hard work, your perseverance, you don't tolerate wicked people, you've tested uh, those who claim to be apostles, have found them false. So these are all really good things. So why for us, the church, do you think like these are important things and how do we do these things today? Well, I think I think really it's important that we don't skip over that first verse. Yeah, go ahead. Because um, I, I kind of got into this space and place where it's like, OK, well, why why start the letter off like that? Right. Why? Who is sure. the angel of the church? Why the description of Jesus? Why was that important? Right. Why was that important information for the church of Ephesus to have? Why didn't uh, John just go straight in? Um, to everything. And to be honest, when I hear the word angel, I automatically picture this heavenly host being hanging around in the church, just kind uh -huh. of waving around, the ready to angel. announce, yeah, ready to announce whatever it is that Jesus is sending, right? And this is his specific assigned congregation, hmm. kind of like the, 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 uh, what do you call those lifetime movies kind of thing, touched by an angel. This is their touched angel, <laughs> right? But no, like, that's not at all what it is. Um, yeah. And context always determines meaning. And for us to know the context of this word, we need to look at the specific meaning of it. Okay, what what was he meaning by the word angel? And he was talking about all of this to say the word angel in these specific passages was actually scripture it is Greek for messenger. Mm. And so when John says to the angel of the church, He's saying to the messenger of the church. Well, who's the messenger of the church in these letters? Who Are is you it? asking me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is it? Oh, you're going to set me up here. Who's no, the it's messenger? the leaders, right? It's the pastor. <laughs> it's the one in charge of leading and protecting and serving the congregation, hmm. right? And so he opens up this way now. And here's the really important thing. And I think this is why. He starts it out with the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the golden lampstands. And Jesus yeah. gave John very specific words to write to Ephesus. These aren't like John's present day, 90 day review of this new church. Like these right. are Jesus's direct observations of the church. And so because of this, John takes that really important just minute to acknowledge that Jesus is very present in this conversation, in their daily going about. He knows, he sees, he holds them close. And so I think it's important to, I think that really does establish the fact that this isn't just John coming and saying, these are my own personal, like I am telling you what the Lord is giving me. And he sees it, he's present, he wants you to know, I'm just the messenger, yeah. I'm, right? I, I 
Yeah, I think you give, like, beautifully said. Uh, and I, I appreciate you bringing us back to one because I jumped right into two. I I, I think the, the, the importance of recognizing, for those who are, are listening uh, to the podcast, who are in leadership, and I don't just mean pastors, right? Leadership, elders, anything that you are in your yeah. congregations, leadership um, over, it's important for us uh, to make sure we stay fully connected to Christ. All believe if we have a word to give, we need to make sure that is coming from Christ and not mm -hmm. from me. Yeah. Because me giving a word uh, can be divisive. Me giving a word can unintentionally cause harm. Christ giving a word brings accountability, uh, which is part of what we're going to get to here in a minute, but also encouragement and, yeah. and breathes life into people. Whereas I can unintentionally speak death over someone. Uh, and so I think it's important for us, the, the leaders of the church, to be continually going to the source of the truth, which is Christ. Um, and through the Holy Spirit, approaching the throne of God so that we may be refreshed yeah. uh, and renewed in that. So thank you for that. That's uh, like the whole lesson. We're done. <laughs> you just wrapped it up. Sorry. You were worried about my trailer. <laughs> no, no, no. There's more. There's a lot more. No, there definitely is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so then moving in then to the verse two. I know your deed, your yeah, hard work, yeah. your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people and that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them. And we keep going. You have persevered and have endured hardship for my name and have not grown weary. All great things. Yeah. Yeah. This encouragement that is given. Yeah, and I, I think it's important, and I always love that that anytime these messages are coming, um, especially coming something that's given from the word of the Lord, it always addresses the congregation look like Jesus is present, he's with you, and then it makes a statement about the condition of the church, and then it goes into the verdict, and then it goes into this command, but it always leads to, but if you change, right? And so I, I love the fact, and, and that's really a good model for us as church leaders, too, that it's really easy sometimes for us to just jump to like all the bad stuff that's going on without acknowledging the the hard work and dedication that really is happening. Um, and all of this, it sounds pretty good. Like Jesus sees that they're working hard. Like one of the biggest things that he like commends them on is the fact that they are calling out imposters. They're challenging the teachings of the world around them. And they're obviously working hard to present the gospel in its purest form. And they're not affected by this shifting narrative of outside opinions and outside ways of it. And so it's really easy for us to kind of look at look at Ephesus and say, okay, well, then what's the problem? This looks like a textbook example of a working church. Like, yeah. what's the big deal? Um, they're doing all the things right, right? They're they're doing it together. They're having meetings. What are they missing? And I love this moment where Jesus just drops the truth. Like he just drops it in their lap. Oh. And and it's that one moment of where all of us as pastors, you just have that crud, right? So he just looks at them, he says, but I have this against you that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, where you have fallen, repent and do the works that you did first. Like, that's rough. Yeah. That's hard. It, 
to, to just be hit with that, where you, you just do feel like you're doing everything that, that is moving the mission forward. And yet you, you forgot like why you were doing it in the first place. It's, it's this, um, so I wrote down on my notes over here as you were talking, it's this doing the church versus being mm -hmm. the church, mm -hmm. right? So, so here's the list of things I have to do yeah. in order to, to be a part of the church. Yeah, right? absolutely. And those things exist. Like there are things we should oh, yeah. do. I mean, I have my little to-do list. I've got my full calendar. I've got <laughs> all of those things sitting here. And Ephesus, they had the same thing. Ephesus was doing all the right things with all they had. There was no selfish ambition or motives or gain for them. They were yeah. steadfast. They yeah. were a steadfast church in the center of some pretty persecuted times still. But somewhere along the line, they forgot why they were doing it all in the first place. And I think it's really important to notice. And I even have this in my, I, I like to highlight my Bible and I code it for different things. And so this is a real growing one that I have for me. Um, it's so important that we note that Ephesus didn't lose their first love. Jesus didn't, <laughs> he didn't remove it from them. They abandoned it. You have forsaken they abandoned it. They didn't lose their first love. They abandoned it. Yeah. Right. They forgot. Like it's that moment. I can't ever imagine my child come to me, coming to me and say, you don't love me the same anymore. Mm. Like, dang, can you imagine people that you have just poured everything that you have in and you, and you have, You've thought you've given everything and you had all the right reasons to do it. And then they come to you and they say, you, you don't love me the same. Mm. Like that's rough. Like you don't love me the same. You forgot where you came from. Right. And it's so easy when we're brand new in our faith, it comes with this excitement and this desire to connect with Christ more. And then that desire connects us with him and it motivates us to share Jesus with others so that they can experience it too, right? And so I think for me, that's the hard thing. I don't ever want Jesus to look at me and say, you don't love me the same anymore. Because if he gets to that point, then why, why, what have I been doing? Yeah. What it's, game it's, for the kingdom have I created if I have forgotten why? Like I put what I do before who I love and why I'm doing it. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's so easy to do. That is so easy for any congregation to fall into. So easy. And it's not because they don't love Jesus. They just got so busy doing it. They don't love him the same anymore. Yeah. They love the work. It's it's that this is a recurring theme that we have here on Crosstalk. It's that it's that doing religion rather yeah. than being in a relationship, mm. right? And 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 you and me being married, right? That that sometimes, certainly, I can fall into that trap of doing things yeah. rather than being in a relationship with you, right? Yeah, uh, for sure. And, and so it is that kind of to use that because we are the bride. It's an easy kind of yeah. comparison, uh, and so how do we then? How do you, Amanda, step back and say, okay, I, I don't want to do religion. I want to be in relationship with Christ. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's 
when I deeply connect myself to God, when I deeply connect myself in a relationship with God, then my devotion is first and foremost to him. Right. And from that devotion and from that connecting comes the desire to do the work he's called me to do. But I have to be careful that I'm keeping that commandment in proper order. The church of Ephesus was so good at keeping the truth, but unless it was motivated by love, they would not fully keep with what Jesus had commanded. And we know what the, the greatest commandment it is all in, of all is in Matthew 22. Jesus replied, what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first greatest commandment. And then the second is love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two things. And so my connection creates a desire to do. And through that doing, it does it does have the ability to deepen my connection. But if I'm going about my whole entire day and I'm never spending time in the word of God, but I'm telling other people to do it and I'm pushing all the truths to other people, but I'm not connected and I'm just running through the motions, then I'm putting my own salvation at risk. <laughs> not just that of my congregation and creating busy doers, mm. right? But I'm I'm not creating a community that clings to Christ and connects to Christ and then wants to do the work that he has called them to do because of that deep connection, because of that unending desire to fall in love with Christ every single day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this other thing I wrote down as, as we were walking and talking through this. And I love this kind of an unpacking this. One of the, the, the phrases I wrote down is hating error doesn't equal loving God. <laughs> yeah. Right. So so here they are hating error. And what I mean by that is, is they any false teachings, they handled that. They dealt yeah. with it. They moved yeah. it out. Right. So yeah. hating error does not equal the same yeah. as loving God. Uh, and so loving God has to come foremost. And we see like scripture is filled to the brim with yeah. love in it. Right. So first John four, right. Seven and eight. Everyone knows it's because like, there's a song that yeah. we used to sing. Dear friends, let us love one another. Cause why? Cause love comes from God and everyone who loves has been yeah. born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Because God is love. So if we take that scripture verse there and we look at Ephesus, they did all the things, but they did not know God. Because if you do not love, you do not know God. Yeah. I I think it's vitally important what you said. I think it's vitally important that we stay connected to the true vine that we stay in his word, that we stay not just that, but we spend time in talking with our heavenly father. Otherwise, we're just doing things. Yeah, yeah. And who wants to just do things? And what what a exhausting existence that is. Yeah. And, and you realize too, that it's, it's going to keep going for a little while, but at some point foundations that aren't built correctly, they're going to start falling. Things are going to start falling. Things are going to start happening um, because we forgot the foundational things, the main things, the most important piece in, in what we're doing as a church, as a body. Yeah. 
But as Jesus does, <laughs> I'm going to give you another chance. Like yeah. I, I am giving you the heart. I am applauding you for the good. I'm giving you the tough stuff. And now I'm going to give you a chance to make it right. Mm. So, so this whole thing kind of, it takes me back a little bit to, to Peter and Jesus after, after the crucifixion, after mm -hmm. the resurrection, Jesus, uh, Peter denying Christ three times. And then J Jesus coming to Peter later and asking him, do you even love me? Yeah. Do you even love me? Yeah. And, and, and if you actually unpack that, it's Jesus saying to Peter, do you agape love me? Right. Which we know is, is sacrificial. Yeah. And Peter responding with the filio love, which is brotherly love. I love you like a brother. And then Jesus saying again, do you sacrificially love me? And Peter yeah. saying, I love you like a brother. And then finally, Jesus saying to him, do you love me like a brother? And that's when Peter breaks God wants this sacrificial love from me. Yeah. God wants me to I think of Abraham, right? And 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 Isaac and, yeah. and Abraham being willing to give the promise of Isaac back to God. What is my dedication level to God? What is my dedication to this relationship I have yeah. with Christ? How do you, yeah. how do you, how do I deepen that dedication, Amanda? Yeah. What do you do to deepen that dedication to Christ? Well, I mean, part of it is you have to consistently stay focused on the word of God. Yeah. And to growing and deep deepening that relationship with Christ because being an opportunity for a solid foundation for my congregation. I can't be connected to Christ if I am not connecting with him every day. When you love somebody, you spend time with them. When you love somebody, you take care of, of what they mean to you and, and you take time to be with them every single day because you want to build on that relationship because it's a good relationship. And if I say that I love Christ, but I don't want to spend time with them, um, I just want to do the work he does because I'm a good person. Well, what is, what, what is there to gain for that? That's not, that's not love. That's not a sacrificial love. That's a, I am doing the work of the church because it's what God called me to do. Right. But I am no longer connecting to him and allowing him to steer the ship. Right. And I might be we taking it in a whole different direction where he, than where he intended because I'm not listening. So, yeah, because I don't love him the same. Yeah. When we allow our doing to be the relationship part, mm -hmm. we miss the power of yeah. the Holy Spirit in our life. We well, miss the deepness that he wants for us. Well, and I love like you can so easily too just go back to the story of um, Mary and Martha. Right. Go on. Yeah. Right. And I love that opportunity. Like, I love the fact that you get into this idea with with. um Oh Lord, Martha, she was distracted by serving, right? She was, she was doing, she was frustrated because Mary was just sitting with Jesus. And yeah. then finally, when she gets annoyed and she goes and says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me? And now I'm doing all the doing by myself. 
And then what does Jesus say to her? He says, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary chose the good portion, Mm. right? Which will not be taken away from her. Mm. I don't want to get so busy that I miss the good portion because I was afraid of letting go of the work for a moment to reconnect. Is my serving taking up more space than it should? Because at the end of the day, being busy as a church, like that's a choice. Being busy as a church is not something people put onto you. Cause I know we like to say that sometimes, like everyone has the expectation of this, everyone. No, like being busy is a choice. Martha was overwhelmed by the pressure and demands of her responsibility. And so it was hard for her to kind of like set it down and put away. But I don't want to miss the good stuff through the busyness. And I feel like sometimes God is just looking and say, just stop. Like, wait, like, don't you see what I'm doing in this moment? Don't you see this blessing? Like, don't, don't you see that that work you're doing? I need you to look over here. And this whole time we're just steering this ship in one direction with all the blinds up yeah, that we miss out on the blessings and the portions and the growing moments that God has literally. And then we get so frustrated. Mm. Why did you leave us? Woe is to me. And God, the whole time is saying, no, 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 no. You abandoned it. <laughs> yeah. I never took it away. You didn't lose it. You abandoned it. That was a choice. Yeah. I don't want that, that to be my choice. It's, it's God. That's it. Yeah. And, the better portion, the good portion, what which yeah. will not be taken away, right? It, it, God trying to grab my attention and me Should saying to God, hey, don't you see I'm busy working for you? Mm-hmm. What I'm doing is more important right now. We'll get back yeah. to our stuff later. Well, but I'm doing it, and, and for me, as a, as a minister, yeah. right? Me yeah. and you are both ordained ministers in the Salvation Army. We can easily construe everything we do into what God wants for us. Yes. And that's a dangerous, slippery yeah. slope. Because what happens from that is God is saying, hey, look over here. I have this for you. And I respond to God sometimes. And being very honest, I respond to God as, don't you see I am busy working for you? And And you know what's really? It. And what's really scary is when you look at the rest of the verse. Go on. The worst part in all of this. Okay. Okay. So first he gives that, like, here's what you need to do. Right. So he says, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works that you did at first. Right. And so we know those things we have to do. One, we have to remember where we came from, where we were before all this, where God brought us to, right. Ask for forgiveness for losing sight. And then three, do things in the right order. And the scariest part in all of it is, but if you don't, what does he say? I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Like that's crazy to think about how many churches out there. Yeah. And even in our own denomination, like in other words, Jesus is saying, I will remove your light and I will remove my presence from this church. You will no longer be a true witness for Jesus. Your church will be no more. And here's the thing. You're going to keep being a church. You're going to keep having the masses. But my presence, my, my presence will not be there. So true faith and a consistent love for Jesus always produces good work. But without those things, 
it falls away, it brittles away. It's It has no foundation to keep it secure. And when that foundation is no longer holding strong, so goes all of this work that you put into it. All of this toil, right? It's kind of like, I, I think about it kind of like, is that first Corinthians 13 kind of deal where we're working, that we're working with here. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but I don't love if I'm noisy gong and a clanging symbol, if I have a prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and knowledge. If I have all of this faith as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give all that I have mm -hmm. and I deliver up my body to be burned, but have love, have no love, I gain nothing. And that's such a, it's, it's a warning that belongs not just for the church of Ephesus, but the church today, we cannot busy ourselves so much with the business of doing church together that we forget why we are here in the first place. And yeah. we cannot lose sight of our love for God, our desire to grow closer to him and to connect others to him. And that same excitement and that freedom that we felt when we first came to the Christ, when we first came in that loving relationship, it needs to be here now. Bringing others into it, right? Mm -hmm. Truth is important. Love is important. God does not want us to compromise with the ways of the world. Love Jesus, love others, obey the word of God. They all go together. Mm -hmm. We don't just pick and choose, mm -hmm. right? If I want a church that's foundation is built on, on our love and passion for who God is and who he's created us to be and the freedom that he has given us so much that we want others to be a part of it too. Yeah. And, and, and I like this. So he's bringing back the lampstand here. Because he starts, as, we, as you said in the beginning, the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands, right? So we know these seven golden lampstands are who we're studying. So Ephesus, Philadelphia, these these seven yeah. churches, that is what the seven golden lampstands re, re, reply are, are talking about. Uh, and he says yeah. uh, to them, I will remove your golden lampstand. I, I find it interesting. I think Ephesus got the message. Because actually, it's the only church left of the seven. Yeah. So I think they got the message. Yeah. Um, so, so praise God, right, that they got that and they repented of that and fell back in love with Christ 2,000 years ago, right? Um, yeah. And, and be able to do that still today. I, I, I um, it's all really good. So then, then. Then he goes, because you talked about the importance of how they didn't um, tolerate things. So so he kind of caps it here in verse six. Yeah. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate, which will come up again later when we do another church. But the Nicolaitans essentially uh, are those who essentially told they were, quote unquote, Christians. But they were Christians that said, hey, sin. Because yeah. if you sin, God's grace will grow ever more. If you've mm. fallen and you sin, then God can forgive you even more, which we know is counterproductive to who Christ yeah. is. I'm right? going to take this now, even though it's not mine, and then I'll ask for forgiveness later. Yeah, yeah. And, and it talks about so all kinds of immorality. It talks mm. about indulging in things like food and other things, right? Just indulging in sinful behavior. Yeah. So that Christ can reign all the more in my life. But 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 when we look at the totality of scripture, we have to recognize that Christ died for my salvation and my sanctification. Yeah, it doesn't stop there. 
Yeah, that it isn't about just me being saved over and over and over and over and over again. In fact, that that can, in some extent, cheapen grace. And grace was bought at a very high price. Yeah. Right. It, it is this sanctification piece of and now allowing the Holy Spirit to whittle that away. And that doesn't mean I don't yeah. falter and fail. I do. And you know that, right? Because we're married. You know, right? We all falter and fail. Yeah. And me personally, falter and fail because I do. But I go back and say, ah, in a repentant way. Not in a way of, oh, he's going to forgive me anyway. It's fine. Right? Yeah. Our attitude towards Christ matters. Our attitude towards sin matters. Yeah. I always just, I always thought, that the downfall of the church was going to be the Laodiceas, right? The not sure. bad, not good, eh, kind of just there, apathetic. Yeah. But no, this <laughs> mm-hmm. Ephesus is where where we're going to see a lot of fall in the church in our culture. Yeah, like this is where it's happening. There are just so many places, and you see it on billboards everywhere, and full pack schedules, and everybody moving in every di- direction, and and nobody really making full connection like this. This is the dangerous church. Not because good will still come of it, right? Because God's still going to use it for his glory and he's going to create some amazing things through it. But it won't be. It won't be what God has designed and desired it to be. And the impact for the kingdom will not be as significant as it could be if we continue to just do um, and not remember the importance of that connecting back yeah and, and this so is a- it's it's a it's it's a it's a it's a fine line that i think a lot of us and even me like if i'm not careful the day that i do get to meet god hmm. this could make the difference this could be the make or break <laughs> like this could be the make or break i can't equate my work with loving my loving creates the opportunity for work yeah. Right. So, and if we get those backwards, what yeah. what happens? Because there there are churches that this has happened, and this is not me throwing stones in my own personal life, but also yeah. corporately, there is this. What happens then to the spirit filled body of Christ? Is it goes from the spirit filled body of Christ that has purpose and mission to a social club? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A place we, we just go to hang out. That's what we turn the church into is a social club where we get together and we talk about God, but we have like minds and we work and we enjoy fellowship with one another. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, except for you have instantly removed the purpose and the power of God. And so we're no longer a mission we're now a social club. Yeah. And I don't believe that's what God asks of the body of Christ. Mm-mm. Whether you're Salvationist or Catholic or Baptist or whatever you are. I don't think that's what, like, we're all part of the body of Christ. I don't believe that's what God, in fact, I know that's not what God wants for the body. Yeah. It's a social club. Yeah, absolutely. When, when people in the congregation start asking more about the schedule, and less mm-hmm. about opportunities to go and grow in Christ, it might be time to kind of stop and readjust. Yeah. Right. And I think that's a good marker, even for us in our own congregation. Like if we're getting to the point where there's more concern about 
the events and things that we're doing, which are so incredibly good and so impactful because yeah, God is faithful. Absolutely. We are going to miss some pretty amazing opportunities um, to grow together in Christ yeah. so that we can reach a world for Christ outside the walls of this building. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's going to be like my, my guiding space. If I'm hearing more of a majority of when are, are what's the schedule for this and not where are my growth opportunities or the conversations stop happening about my, you know, our relationship with Christ and community, then I really need to stop and look at my calendar and start readjusting. I, I need to make sure that we are keeping our first love first, yeah. right? And having that solid accountable check with ourselves, with our leaders, with our congregation, uh, with our missional engagement teams, everything. I think that's just a good, healthy space. And, and anyone can do that in their congregation. Before you pull out the calendars, before you pull out the doing, where is your heart with God this week? Yeah. You know, where is that connecting like, do, do you want to talk about it? Do what are some things that would help you or things that we might need to pray about this week that are kind of disconnecting you a little bit from, from, from being full in in a passionate relationship with Christ. Right. And being very intentional in those yeah. conversations. So yeah. I have to ask myself, what's, what's my priority? Mm. Is it, is it to practice religion or is it to participate in an amazing relationship that will change my life yeah what's my priority because practice yeah. in religion isn't bad but if my priority first isn't in a yeah. in a relationship with christ well then the practicing religion just is yeah. a resounding gong as scripture says without love you're just noise hmm it's good. So we'll wrap up this last little bit. Verse seven, whoever has ears, let him, let them hear what the spirit says to the churches, to the one who is victorious. I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Essentially the promise of you will be in heaven Yeah, with me. Right. And that's obviously our end goal, but, but paradise yeah. for us also can be here. Right. That the God allows the 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 kingdom of heaven can be here on earth, where Christ claimed proclaiming the kingdom of heaven being here. Yeah. Right? So how do we participate in that relationship in order to help usher in that kingdom here? But but this promise of eating from the tree of life, which is in paradise, which is in the paradise of God. Yeah. And that hearkening back to the Garden of Eden here, mm -hmm. right? Which is again back to when when our relationship with god wasn't fractured before the fall yeah bringing that back full circle now but i always love that too because it's just that again it's the remember where you came from yes i remember where you came from but i do love the fact that in these verses he always there's always this ending of hope like there's still yeah. hope for you like yeah. I'm not writing you off completely. Like I still have hope that you can do these things. I still have hope that you will not choose compromise over faithfulness. Amen. Like I still have hope. And when there is hope, there is the ability for change. And if you choose to change and go back to the ways of which God desired and designed the church to be, then there is no walls to what Christ can do in your community and in the hearts of your congregation. And it doesn't require fancy things. doesn't require a ton of buses. It requires a congregation that is faithful and on fire for Jesus 
and then we just get to have fun together, like making a difference through the things that we do. Right. Yeah. But that's not what makes us. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. It's good. It's real For sure. Good. Well, I, I don't know if you have anything else, but I think, I think. I mean, I don't think so. Good. It's real good. So would you mind then closing us in prayer? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much that you are a God who doesn't give up on his people. God, I know that there's going to be times where as a body of believers, we're not going to always get it right. And there's going to be times where there's going to be some hard, holy accountability. And Lord, I pray in those moments where people might be pointing out those flaws or pointing out those things that we need to work on, God, that you would just give us the wisdom um, to process it to not combat those moments, but God use it as a growing moment to, to bring to you and to grow deeper as a congregation, to grow in unity together, God. And if there's anything um, that our churches are doing that are faltering from what it is that you desire from us, God, I pray that you would just make it so clear and so evident, um, Lord, that you would give us clarity through it so that we can do the mission you have set before us because of a love and, and a deep passion and desire to follow you and to be your hands and feet here. God, I pray that you would open up the right opportunities. And Lord, if there are opportunities that we are taking that just aren't right for where it is that you have us going, Lord, I pray that you would just shut those. Lord, that you would take them out of sight, that you put blinders on those things and then bring us back to you and what it is that you desire. God, all we want to do is be faithful. And sometimes things can creep in that uh, take away our ability to see the importance of that. And, and God, we, we ask for forgiveness in those moments. Um, and Lord, that you would just direct us um, on where you want us to go. Uh, because without you, the map doesn't make sense. Um, and we're just so grateful for the for the moments that you give us to grow together and to learn together and, and doing all that we can to bring others to you so that one day in heaven, we will be a kingdom together rejoicing with you. God, we pray all this in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you to my guest, uh, Amanda, for being on today. Uh, thank you for all of you who have, who have joined us and, and uh, been a part of uh, the podcast. The Salvation Army is literally around the world. Mm. Find one, get involved, get engaged. If you're here in Augusta, we would love to see you on a Sunday or Thursday uh, when we have services, as well as we have things always going on here at the Croc Center. So may yeah. God bless each and every one of you and have a great rest of your day.